Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is uh, More Than One Lesson, Episode 2. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we are not going to really be having any kind of uh, introductions today. Um, instead, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, today, we are talking about uh, Frost Nixon, which is a movie that uh, came out last year. It was nominated for several Oscars, uh, including Best Picture. Um, it was directed by Ron Howard, uh, who directed Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, and you know several others. And uh, the story, for those that don't know, is about uh, David Frost, uh, who was a, you know, a reporter, an interviewer in the uh, in the 70s, who was not taken very seriously because he mostly interviewed like, you know, uh, movie stars and people of little, you know, global consequence. Um and uh, so right after Watergate, uh, Nixon, you know, he resigned and then he was pardoned by uh, by uh, President Ford. And uh, so he never, you know, he was never brought up on any kind of charges or anything like that. And uh, and the idea was that uh, a lot of people were very upset by the fact that he was never really held accountable uh, for the things that he did. I mean, he did resign office and that's, you know, that's a big deal. But uh you know, he had committed crimes and all, and he was getting away with them, basically. Uh, so Frost kind of thought that he could, uh, in the course, in, in the, you know, in the terms of the film, I don't know what it was in, in real life, but in the terms of the film, uh, he felt that he could give uh, the American public what they wanted, and he would interview Richard Nixon... And ask him whatever he, you know, whatever he wanted, and Nixon would have to answer. Um, and so, uh, basically, Nixon would then have would then be answering questions about something that he had managed to successfully duck. So, uh, so that's the story behind uh, Frost Nixon, and uh, just you know what they had to do um, to get ready for that and to prepare for it uh, as far as research and. And, uh, and what's interesting is, is that nobody thinks that Frost can do it. Everyone's just like, this is just, this guy is, he's fluff, he's all style and no substance. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's just going to ruin this interview. And he, and he himself felt that there was a great deal writing on it, you know, uh, personally and professionally. So much so that he raised the money himself. Um, and the only reason that Nixon did it is because he was going to get like half a million dollars to do it. And, uh. And so, so Frost really felt like this is the one that's going to, you know, make people take me seriously because he was, you know, kind of a playboy and he was this good looking guy, went to all these parties and stuff. Um, but no one really took him uh, very seriously. And so, uh, so he saw this as his big chance. Now, on the other side of that, Richard Nixon, uh, you know, at this point, it looked as if his political career was over, but he and, and his, uh, you know, I, I, I almost said minions, but that might be a little too, a uh, little too cruel. Him and his, uh, his, you know, aides, political aides and uh, advisors said that, uh, you know what, it's your political career is not over, you know, and this interview could be a chance for you to kind of exonerate yourself, you know, explain yourself. Uh, because, you know, Nixon's nickname, among other things, was Tricky Dick because he could just, 
he was very good at manipulating things and weaseling his way out of questions and, and that sort of thing. So, so they said, you know, this guy is a lightweight. You'll be able to basically conduct the interview yourself. You can turn the questions into whatever you want to say. And so, he, so this interview seen by millions of people could, you know, uh, could get him started again in the public mind as a, as a, kind of a, as a positive politician as opposed to this guy who's just hated across the country. So so both men were bringing a lot uh into this interview. And what's and so uh so that's that's basically the the situation of the film and uh and so right now I'll talk about some of the acting and some of the, you know, the the way the film was made from an artistic standpoint and then we'll get into the the thematics uh, uh in a few minutes. So um so this w- this film was uh, as I said it was nominated for picture director uh, actor uh, and screenplay and uh, another one that I cannot remember but uh, uh, Frank Langella played uh, plays Nixon and uh, he was in uh, Good Night and Good Luck he was in the movie Dave uh, I-, I remember him <laughs> I remember him. Play, uh, he played Skeletor in Masters of the Universe, so uh, you know people my age will probably remember that. Um, and uh, and this ori- originated as a as a stage play, and so uh, he played the role on stage. And I remember seeing the trailers for Frost Nixon, and you know the trailer a trailer for any movie is supposed to play up the more dramatic elements. And and in watching it, it looked like I mean they get him saying, like, you know, when the president does it, that means it's not illegal. And so, like, he's saying it very emphatically, and I remember, like, you know, Nixon is a... He was kind of an idiosyncratic kind of person, and so it would be really easy to caricature him, and it looked like that's what Langella was doing in his performance, just based on the trailer, and I and having known that uh, he was coming from, from the stage with this performance and might not have been able to modulate uh, the performance to suit the screen because, you know, to those who, uh, you know, might be kind of new to certain aspects of, of film, uh, you know, when you're, when you're acting on stage, the idea is everything needs to be bigger because there are people in the back row who need to be able to tell what your character is thinking and, and feeling and saying. And so everything needs to be very big. But of course, if you get a camera you know, a foot and a half away from the actor's face, well, then there is no such thing as the back row because it's being projected on a huge screen and it's and your face is, you know, 20 feet tall. So if, you know, I, when I, I... I have some stage experience from when I was uh, younger and then I went to film school and I acted in some friends' uh, student films and I remember looking back at them and just being like, this is atrocious. This is, you know, my performance is is way over the top. And then I realized that I was doing a stage performance in a film, which is always, which is bad. That's that's a very bad thing. And you can usually, you can kind of tell when somebody is, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, playing to the back row. And that's what I thought Frank Langella was going to do uh, in playing Nixon. Um, And thankfully, when I saw the film, I realized that that is not what he was doing. That sure enough, it was just in certain scenes where his character is very angry or very emphatic. Um, and that the rest of the time he was playing it, uh, very quietly and very coy. Uh, you know, Nixon was a very smart guy who 
you know, probably one of the smartest guys in the room, no matter where he went. And so he, you know, so I think he, he constantly felt frustrated that he had to sort of explain himself to people of lesser intelligence uh, and also people that didn't have to work as hard as he did to get where he was. Um, and the, these are things that come out uh, in the course of the film is just the way he approaches Frost. Um, and he just he just sees this guy as just like, you're just a means to an end. You know, I, I he doesn't take him seriously at all. And you can tell just on the way he treats him and the, and the way he toys with him um, and the way he just pays no act uh, during the interview. He, he pays very little attention to the question being asked, and, and, and instead he, he merely, uh, you know, just gives whatever answer will make him look good, and he will spend a long time on it, uh, you know, and he will play up, you know, his genial, you know, his, him being congenial and all that sort of thing. And so, um, so he's really manipulating this thing, and Frost you know, is, is in danger of basically having wasted all this money because his idea was, I'm going to put Nixon on trial in front of the public, uh, and I'm going to be taken seriously and all that. And as Nixon is basically turning these interviews into his own little, like, you know, a campaign commercial for, you know, an office he hasn't run for yet. Um, you know, then, Frost just becomes more and more desperate and his his researchers and his associates just get more and more angry with him and they lose their faith in him and they just say, you know, I I knew this was never going to work because you just don't have the chops to go after this guy. And so uh, so then there's one then there's a scene near the end. And I should I should have said this early on that there are significant spoilers uh, in this episode um, if you, I mean, if you go in to the film knowing already about the Frost-Nixon uh, interview, then uh, you, then I'm not really spoiling anything. But uh, if if you're going in not knowing anything, uh, then just I'm letting you know right now that I'm going to be spoiling some things from the film in this episode. Uh, so uh, I guess I could tell you to skip ahead, except the the scene that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, kind of illustrates the the theme that I'm going to to talk about in the film uh and so if you're not interested in having Frost Nixon kind of spoiled for you um then I would say uh you could probably stop listening <laughs> which is I guess that's kind of the uh the downside of 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 this format is to be able to talk about movies thematically in depth um you know, I kind of have to give away certain plot elements. And so, um, not that there's like a huge twist. It's not like, you know, it ends with, uh, you know, it ends like a murder mystery or anything like that. But, um, anyway, so yeah. So what I'm about to say is, is, is a spoiler in the film. So, so there's a scene, uh, as they're going along and, and Frost is very distraught and Nixon, you know, is on top of the world, but there's a scene where Frost gets a call uh, in his hotel room from Nixon and Nixon is drunk and he just lets all these things spill out. He just all the, because you know, a lot of people talked about how hated Nixon was and how he did not like being hated. I mean, nobody likes being hated, but some people I think are a little more comfortable with it. Uh, but Nixon just, you know, he, he was a man of deep insecurities. And so, um, and he just, any, and he always felt just kind of, 
kind of like a martyr, you know, because, you know, he ran against uh, John F. Kennedy and everybody. And Kennedy was just, oh, he was so much more likable. And that's why he won, because even though Nixon had way more experience, he just was not nearly as likable as or charismatic. And so that stuff like that always bothered him. But he also looked at the fact that, like, Kennedy had, you know, a lot of money growing up and Nixon didn't have anything. And so he just has this big chip on his shoulder and he just feels so frustrated by it. And and some would say that, uh, you know, other other films certainly have like the film like Oliver Stone's Nixon, for example, but also um, Robert Altman's uh, Secret Honor, which is a wonderful film. Um, they talk about the idea that uh, Nixon just he, he was his own worst enemy, that he would be going along and he'd be doing all the right things politically, but somehow he would always find a way to sabotage himself. And that's kind of what this scene is, where, you know, he, he easily could have won in these interviews. And then he makes this phone call and he reveals, um, maybe doesn't reveal certain information to Frost, but he reveals kind of who he is and his own character. And it really strengthens Frost's resolve. And... Uh, and so he finally, uh, like, buckles down and does research on his own as opposed to with the team. And the next day, they walk in, and Nixon does not remember the conversation because he was, as I said, he was pretty drunk. Um, and so Frost really just starts to lay into him uh, with Watergate. And, and, and Nixon is, you know, he's trying to get out of it, and he's not because Frost is just staying on him, staying on him. And Nixon's uh, political aides are are freaking out. You know, this is you know they thought they were going to win this thing, and all of a sudden their guy is in trouble, and in trouble in such a way that he like he is saying things that are going to get him that, that are going to ruin him politically. I mean, there is that that iconic uh, line from the trailer, and that he actually did say, uh, in which you know. Uh, Frost says, like, do you really think it was okay for you to do something uh, illegal? And he says, well, when the president does it, that means it's not illegal. And basically he's saying that that the president is above the law, and uh, which is, of course, a ridiculous uh, way to think. And, um, and some would say that in that line uh, it kind of you know, tackles certain issues about the Bush presidency and that sort of thing. But uh, in this instance, it, it's just him saying something like that I mean you get everybody's reaction that's watching this interview and nobody can believe he literally just said that the president is above the laws of the land and so um, so one of Nixon's aides played by Kevin Bacon stops the interview which which they're not contractually supposed to do they're supposed to just keep it going um, so he stops the interview and he pulls Nixon into the other room and and he's saying, he says, like, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing and this? And what's interesting, you would never expect it. Nixon seems strangely relieved by where this is going. He, it's like he's gotten tired of lying. He has gotten tired of, of trying to run from the consequences of his actions. He's done it pretty well so far. And he just wants this to be done. Even if it means sacrificing his political career, he's just ready for this to be over. He's ready to accept what's coming to him, even though it will be very unpleasant. And 
Now, he doesn't come out and say all of that, but you can just tell just the look of relief and exhaustion. Uh, and Langella plays that scene perfectly. It's a very quiet scene. And his aide, you know, who really believes in him, uh, you see a look of resignation on his face where he says, well, if the, you know, if this is what this guy wants to do, if this is how he wants to go out, then this is how he goes out. And so then Nixon goes... He goes back out there and he submits himself to the questioning and he just gets clobbered and he winds up saying, you know, he says all these things, uh, all these, you know, incriminating things. And uh, and so the special gets aired and it's and of course, at that point, Nixon's career is officially done. And uh, and then as the film kind of comes to a close, uh, Frost is talking to Nixon and and Nixon is very comfortable with him. He's very he's all right with it. He views him almost as a friend, like just not this guy who publicly humiliated him. He views him as like a confidant of uh, of sorts. And and I and it's why would he do that? You know, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating way to end the film. Um and so this is where we get into some of the thematics. Why would First off, why would he view, um, you know, why would he view Frost as a friend? You know, why would he be relieved to face the consequences? You know, why wouldn't he just keep wriggling out like he always has? Um, and I think, I think here is where we get into what what I viewed uh, the film as being about, which is the idea of accountability. Um, and that's something that is that's a big deal uh, in the Christian church. The idea of being accountable and facing up to the things that you have done. You know, I mean, that's that's what that's the idea behind confession and that sort of thing. Because only when you acknowledge what you've done and acknowledge that you need to get past it and you need to not do it anymore uh, and accept the consequences, like. Only when you can't. Only when you do that can you ever hope to move forward. And um, and the word accountability. As I got older, uh, as as people know, I grew up in the church. And as I got older, um, the word accountability. I started to hear that word accountability and like accountability partner and accountability groups and that sort of thing. Uh, fellow Christians that you could uh, talk to about your problems and tell thing and you would tell them the things that you had done wrong. Now. You know, uh, after a certain point, it almost seemed like the term accountability partner only ever applied to men and porn. But, uh, you know, and it's like, hey, Bill, if you I don't know anybody named Bill. Hey, Bill, have you, uh, you know, have you been looking at any porn today? No. All right. You keep at it. You know, but that's and I, I did that in kind of a, you know, I was doing that kind of to make a joke. But um but it wasn't done in a judgmental way. Or, I mean, theoretically, it's not supposed to be done in a judgmental way. It's saying, hey, you have this problem. I have this problem. Let's let's help each other, you know. Um, and that's the thing is accountability. It's not just porn and it's not just men. You know, the, the problem that everybody has in common is sin. I mean, it could be it could be lying. It could be gossip. It could be whatever, you know, or it could just be. Like, just a general angry attitude, you know, or a hateful attitude, or just the way you're treating somebody, you know. 
uh, if you you know you need to f- it's important I think to find somebody who who has si- the similar values that you do and helps hold you to those values you know and what's and this and it instinctively feels like why would I want that why would I want to admit the things that I have done to just this jerk over here that I happen to know um, and it's because we need accountability you know um, we need to believe that there is a moral code that's bigger than us because if because there is you know there's the idea that you know everybody makes up their own morality and uh you know you can't tell me what to do and I can't tell you what to do but if that's the case then you know you could just get a, you could just then whatever for some people whatever is right is whatever they get away with you know and and that's where I'll bring up uh the second movie today which is quiz show Quiz Show came out in 94. It was directed by Robert Redford. And it's all about um, in the, uh, you know, in the kind of the early days of, of TV and quiz shows and game shows were like the biggest thing. Everybody loved them. Everybody watched them. But there was a scandal when on the show uh, 21, um, Charles Van Doren was, I mean, he was the, you know, he was the star of that show basically he went on and he just won all this money answering incredibly difficult questions uh and then come to find out that he was given the answers that a lot of people on that show were given the answers but what's especially interesting about the film is that the investigations happened and nobody thought to question van doren because he was such because he was an intellectual and he was from an intellectual family everyone just gave him the benefit of the doubt that he's a smart guy, he knows these answers. And he ultimately winds up volunteering. Uh, now, he kind of does it in a sneaky way, but he basically volunteers to testify because he just because he's tired of lying to people. He's tired of people saying, you, you know, uh, of, of saying that he's this great intellectual guy who knows all these things when in fact he isn't. You know, and, and, and Rob Murrow uh, plays uh, a friend of his who's kind of leading the investigations. Um, and he tells a story about uh, when he was young, he had, uh, I believe, an uncle who, uh, who'd had an affair and then had ended the affair and then admitted to it, you know, years later. And, um, and then he asked his uncle, well, why did you, you know, you got away with it. Why did you mention it? And he said that his uncle said, yes, it's the getting away with a part that I couldn't live with. You know, and that's and it's it's the same with Nixon and Frost Nixon. It's just the idea that, yeah, I got away with it. But if I got away with it and there are no consequences and nothing and it doesn't really mean anything, then like then it doesn't matter what I do. And that's and that's, in my view, what what like a strong. You know, unchanging moral code, the moral code of of Christianity, that's what, that's one of the things that it provides for us. Some people would say that like, it's like, ah, it's just a list of rules, but it's like, but it's also, it's a list of limitations, uh, so that you don't go, so that you don't go crazy, so that you understand that there are certain things that just you're not supposed to do. Um, I remember hearing stories when I was younger about, uh, and I'm sure we've all heard stories like this, that there were kids whose parents just didn't seem to care and would let them do whatever they want and that these kids would go over to their friends' houses and, like, misbehave just so their friends' parents would punish them or kind of lay down the law. I remember as a kid, uh, I did not believe that. 
part of me still doesn't believe that because why would a kid ever want to be punished? And basically it's because because it shows that somebody actually cares about you. They care about you enough to let you know that what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is not correct. Um, you know, there, Dennis Miller has a really, a really interesting, um, a really interesting quote in which he says, isn't, he said, you know, isn't really the, one of the most insulting things you can, you can do to a person is have absolutely no expectation of them. And, uh, and so I think that's that's what we can get out of these movies is the importance of accountability. And even when there's things you get away with, all you may think you want to get away with it with without any consequences, but in actuality I feel like we all want to believe we all want to believe that there is something a moral code that's bigger than ourselves and that we are not exempt from it. Um, because it lets us know that <laughs> that every that the world is not just chaos, um, and so you know. So as far as the idea of accountability within the Christian community, um, you know, I would su- I would suggest you know if if you are a Christian and you have strong Christian friends that you trust and that you know have a strong uh, basis in the faith and and all that, um, I would say you know have them ask ask them if they'd be interested in being. As I said, accountability partners. I'm sorry to throw out so many, so much Christianese uh, on this episode. Ask them if they want to be that. And no, it doesn't just have to be about porn and sex. It can be about attitude. You know, it can be about behavior. Um, you know, and it, and and again, it does not come from a place of judgment. It does not come from well, you shouldn't be doing that. I don't do that. It's it's it comes from a place of love and helping the other person to be the person that they should be and they can be, and there's the expectation that they will help you be the person that you can be and the person you should be. Um, and it flies in the face of what we think we want. We think we don't, we just want to be, we don't want anyone to know our secrets, we don't want anyone to know our flaws, um, but if it's somebody that, that, you know, that you can trust and that wants, you know, that, that is following Jesus and that wants to help you follow Jesus, then we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of that. We should in fact embrace it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's iron sharpening iron to use that, uh, you know, to use that, uh, reference. So, um, so that's, so that's what we can learn from Frost Nixon and quiz show is that, is that we need, Accountability, regardless of what we might think we want, um, that we need it. And even if, and sometimes when we, even non Christians, when they, you know, if they get away with something, there's something in them that, ah, you know what? I I think, I think I I can't live with this anymore. I need to be, you know, not necessarily I need to be punished, but I need to acknowledge the, the thing that I have done. So, uh, so I'd wait. I'd say watch both of those movies. They're both very great movies. I really enjoy them, and and the acting is superb for everybody involved. Quiz Show. It's got Ray Fiennes. It's got John Turturro. It's got uh, Rob Morrow. It's got uh, Paul Schofield, who's one of my favorites, um, and uh, and Frost Nixon. Um, it's got uh, Michael Sheen as David Frost, and I haven't really talked about him very much, but. His performance is, is every I'd say every bit as good as Frank Langella's, and he also played the the uh, the character on on stage. 
Um, and he plays him as a character who you always are very aware of how desperate he is to uh, to kind of win in this interview because he understands that he's it's he's letting it all ride on this. So um, and and Kevin Bacon does a good job. Just the the acting all around in Frost Nixon is really good, and I I'd say that's the best part of the film. Um, I'm not sure if I would have you know that I would have nominated for best picture, and certainly not for best director. But the acting and the script are very solid, and they're really compelling. Um, so I would recommend that everybody uh, watch those two movies. And uh, and uh, real quick, just want to let you all know about uh, the website. Um, Basically, uh, we wanted to, by we, I don't know why I said we, I wanted it to be a, uh, a, con- a fairly constant stream of content on the website. So we do have a blog. Uh, some of the entries are written by me, but uh, there are several bloggers um, because, uh, and all of them are Christian and uh, all of them have uh, good taste in film and they're just, they're very artistically discerning people. And so uh, it, their stuff is worth reading. Um, so go on over to morethanonelesson.com. Go to the blog. Uh, look at some of the links. And, uh, you know, there's resources uh, for film lovers, for Christians. Um, there's even a link to... I've lived several places in my life, and, uh, and uh, I have links to some of the churches that I've gone to that I recommend. So if you happen to be listening, this, listening to this and you live in Nixa, Missouri... Well, then I've got a church for you, sir, or ma'am. And uh, so, yeah, so just go on over to morethanonelesson.com and, uh, you know, see what's, uh, see what's happening there. It's still in development, um, but, uh, you know, I'll let you know any, any updates uh, that we put on there. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, you can contact me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com, and, uh, you know, let me know what you think of the show. Um, any suggestions if there's ever a movie that you want to that you want me to talk about or address um, you can do that or there's also a forum on the website and you can make suggestions through there and talk to other listeners and 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 that sort of thing so um, so thank you for listening to this next episode uh, it will be me and a guest uh, and his name is Nathan Potter he's a friend of mine uh, and we will be discussing the film religious so you're going to want to listen to that. And, uh, yeah, until then, uh, I'll get you next time. Bye.